Fuck yeah, static. to the SS Roller Derby Podcast. That stands for Something Something Roller Derby because we are indecisive. Yeah, welcome. (laughs) I'm Alligator. And I'm Hammer Abby. And we are very glad that you are joining us again for a full-length proper episode of our podcast. It has been a little difficult to do this on a regular basis it's, over the summer. We will admit, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, this is the whole thing where we have to get, we have to like sign up for studio time, which you ha- you have to do in person at the mm-hmm. studio, and then we have to like find time in our schedules to do it. You know, this is hard. <gasps> it's really hard. You know, and travel season, all that fun stuff. So. Yeah, that was a big part of it for me. Yeah. There was a lot of travel with uh, with our all-star team since I finally made the charter. Hey, congrats. I had to do a lot of traveling. Boy, am I broke. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> which I feel like is a conversation for a future episode. Yeah. Not what we're going to tackle today, but we should totally talk about. No, we have other big things on the docket for today. We do. What are we talking about today, Allie? We're not going to dive right into it, but let's give you a little preview of what's happening yeah. on this episode. This we- is episode number six, by the way. Number six. Uh, a big thing in derby these days, kind of going around, uh, we are going to be talking about racism and bigotry in roller derby and what it means to be a good ally or co-conspirator for uh, POCs and uh, other folks and, what and is, marginalized what is, folks. What does POC stand for? Uh, persons of color. Correct. Uh, so, yeah, we're going to have a whole conversation. It's, it's obviously this is a um, topic and subject and thing that has happened for hundreds of years. It is not new. Not a new thing. Yeah. Uh, however, I feel like the conversation, particularly in the roller derby world, has been extra amplified mm-hmm. in the last couple of years. And there's been some pretty high profile incidents. But certainly uh, I'm willing to bet if you talked to someone who was a person of color, queer person, trans person, they would tell you many a story uh, mm-hmm. from even the beginning of roller derby time that there are issues uh, we are still a predominantly white sport uh, and many other things that come into play. And the fact of the matter is that we live in a you know big old mess of a white supremacist society. So that doesn't help anything. So we're going to mm-hmm. dive into, as you said, Allie, trying to talk about ways that you, if you are a white identified human, mm-hmm. can actively educate yourself, train yourself, engage with these issues and like some tools that you can bring for yourself and for your league to do really um, in, intentional, uh, in-depth diversity and inclusion and equity uh, training and just sort of reformatting how you approach the sport to make it just to grow and, and make it a better place for everybody. And that's yeah. a really difficult, tricky thing. Yeah. But the first thing we're going to talk about real quick here in this intro yeah. is uh, where the heck have we been? Oh, we've been everywhere. Hey. Man. I mean, not everywhere. But uh, been a been a busy uh, summer so far. Uh, went to RollerCon. That yeah, was a did. ton of fun. Shout out to RollerCon. <laughs> um, always. Someday I'll get back. You will. You and will. It's been too long. And now they're doing a Dragon Burlesque show. What? And I'm really sad that that was not the case when I was there. And I'm going to go next time. I'm going to crush it. Crush it. It's going to be great. 
great. But how, yeah, so what you you went to RollerCon? What else you been doing this summer? Uh, otherwise, oh, I mean. Uh, lots of life changes and fun stuff. I bought a condo, so there's been a lot of fun things going <laughs> You've on. Been a there. little busy. I've been busy. Been yep. moving. Um, uh, been dealing with a broken toe, so I haven't oh. been on skates much. But uh, but actually, you know, it's fine. It's a perfect time in the season for that. Take um, a little break. Yeah. Recuperate. Your toes are obnoxious. Right. I've, I've had a broken toe, and you're like, oh, it's a tiny thing, but it fucks with your whole. Oh. You know, whole situation, and you, yeah. you can't skate if you got a broken toe. Yeah. You just can't. Just body tape it to its frame. No, that just sucks. Go. Oh, I so. tried. It sucks. Don't do it. That's your official piece of recommendation from us today. Don't yeah. try to skate with a broken toe. Don't do it. Go to the doctor if yeah, you can. If you um, what have you been up to this summer, Ham? Well, like I said, did a lot of traveling mm-hmm. with the team, uh, and then I actually took a break because. I was in sort of the so-called swinger position as a jammer, Mm -hmm. and so that meant that I only toward the end of the season was starting to get a little bit more play time, which I worked very, very hard for and had some pretty good conversations with leadership about, and that's a whole other story. Um, No no, no one was being a bad actor. It was just a a weird situation. And so, um, you know, I wasn't one of the main, like, four. We had pretty Mm -hmm. much a main four rotation of, of jammers, and they were all great. So it got down to we were waiting to find out if the Dairyland Dolls were going to go to uh, either Continental Cup or to playoffs. Mm-hmm. We were very kind of cuspy. Mm-hmm. And um, even before we sort of uh, when we finally found that out, we ended up getting the one weekend mm-hmm. date that I could not do. Uh, and so they got sent off to the cup in Kalamazoo, uh, Kalamazoo Michigan. Yeah. And it was the weekend of Pride in Madison. And I am a professional queer. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like my whole job and world here. So proud. I'm mm-hmm. It's actually, I have a stamp that says professional queer on it no. now. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a nerd. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's Pride Weekend in Madison. And I am the editor of the uh, LGBTQ magazine that um, publishes out of Madison called mm-hmm. Our Lives. And we are very involved. And then a bunch of stuff blew up in Madison mm-hmm. around the issue of police and pride and how, how and where we, uh, this is very relevant to our conversation yeah. today, yeah. center the voices of people of color, especially queer and trans people of color. And there were a lot of very heated conversations and issues. And basically the, the community here kind of tried to eat itself alive over it. Yeah. And I, w- I was reporting on a lot mm-hmm. of it because we're kind of the only queer media in the state. Yeah. And, uh, you know, forgive me if I don't trust mainstream media to really get those stories right. Yeah. So there was a lot of work that went into it. Anyway. Long well, story even I w- shorter. I Go would ahead. say on our side of things, I we were bummed that you weren't able to come skate with the DDs, uh, but very happy that you were uh, taking care of things back at the homestead. <laughs> Trying so. to keep things from being totally on fire yeah. in whatever small way I could. Um, so I was super sad. That yeah. It was like the choice wasn't really a choice. It's like, mm-hmm. no, I, I can't. This is my job. This is something I really care about. Um another conversation we could have about how to prioritize derby versus other things in your life oh, it was really hard this. it sucked i didn't like i didn't like that that was the thing and mm-hmm. if it had been any other weekend i would have gone yeah um although i was pretty broke by that point so it kind of saved me from having to pay for yet another tournament yeah on uh, that side of things shout out to mustang our friend yeah. uh previous uh mad rolling doll now kalamazoo derby darling uh for putting me up that weekend uh mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. uh being a fantastic uh, wrangler for the Dairyland dolls as well yeah well so you announced it there cup right i did i got to be on broadcast and it was a ton of fun um i got to announce with um a bunch of friends that i sometimes do get to announce with some that i've never announced with but i've known for like 10 years sweet so uh it was a ton of fun and i haven't uh yeah 
Yeah, I'm well, real excited. Yeah, and you so uh, you're going to be doing some broadcasting in the near future too. It's I uh, I hear tell. It's true. Uh, both you and I <gasps> are headed to New Orleans. True. Um, for champs uh, down in November. So coming up in just a few weeks. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm going to be on broadcast as well down there, and you are going to be doing sideline reporting. I am. It's what I did last year. It's my way to like sneak in since I'm not able to do any announcing at playoffs or cups yeah. usually because of the skating thing happening mm-hmm. right now. They are very kind in taking me on anyway in any capacity. Yeah. And I do, I super miss doing broadcasts like calling games and stuff like that. But it's just not in the cards for me right now. And yeah. there are so many great announcers. So there, yeah, me and Sissy Splaysek will be on the sideline doing interviews with skaters after games and whatever else they have us do, which yeah. was, man, that was the first time I did that was last year. Yeah. And I was terrified because I'd never done it before. And, you know, you're working with people, not all of whom have had, like, media training, Mm -hmm. and it's a high-pressure environment, and you don't want to come off like a jerk or say something stupid or or make the— Or the Yeah, or a creeper, put the skater in a weird position. I still totally complimented Lacey Knight's arms and shoulders, though. Everyone does. I mean— it was her retirement run, and I had to. I had to say say what we were all thinking. Yeah. Um, uh, I have to say um, my personal request is more improv this year. <laughs> some, like more singing. Uh, what was, was it? Smarty, I think you did. No, I, well, Smarty and I did some um, play acting. It oh, was, yes. It was a, yeah, a little a little sketch Skit. about her name, which was fun. It really depends on the person. Yeah. So I don't want to make the other person really uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> but if they're down, I'm in. Just yes and. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, we hope you will turn tune in to the WFTDA uh, championships in New Orleans the first weekend of November this year. We will be all over that broadcast along with a bunch of other really talented people. And then if you can be there in person, oh you my know, gosh, yeah, all come the, high five all us. The better. I'm stoked about doing the um, the, the second line uh, parade yeah. on Thursday night on my birthday. On your birthday, <laughs> they're gonna have a parade for me on my birthday. How considerate of them! Thanks WFTDA. <laughs> they're always so nice. Thanks Big Easy Roller Girls yeah. for hosting that. Um, yeah, real quick, I want to come back to because this is cool news. Mm-hmm. Uh, the you know, you mentioned Mad Roll and Dolls, it's our league that we've been part of for oh, so many years. Well, we're becoming the Madison Roller Derby.org. Uh, that's it. Well, that's the website <laughs> that already happened, but we are officially becoming Madison Roller Derby. Yeah, and we're going to be unveiling a new logo and a whole bunch of cool initiatives, including mm-hmm. this major initi- initiative we're undertaking to do really serious diversity and inclusion mm-hmm. uh, work and training and revamping as we sort of turn the page into our next 15 years of life because yeah. we are just hitting our, our 15th anniversary as a yeah. league. So um, just a little shout out to the name change and you're going to hear more about that. We're really stoked about it. I think a lot of leagues are sort of making that change over to be mm-hmm. more inclusive because we now, thankfully, oh my God, we have <gasps> Junior Derby starting oh, yeah. in the new year finally here in Madison. And there's a men's league that's not Actually, you know, not actually affiliated, but we work closely with them. They're great. Yeah, sibling um, league, if you will. Yeah, totally. Uh, and our rec league, which is mm-hmm. part of our umbrella. So we wanted to be more inclusive of all the identities and just be like a, hey, it's Madison. Because man, do announcers have a hard time with that? Which <sighs> is fair because we have like five different names, and so yeah. it's like let's just be Madison Roller Derby. It'll be easy. And our all star team is called the Dairyland Dolls still, which is mm-hmm. which is great. But simplify. Yeah. <laughs> just gotta have a shtick and go with it and make it streamlined. Take that apostrophe out of there yeah. because no one ever remembered it anyway. Is that in the is that in the email address or is that just written? Is yeah. that uh, I, no? It's rolling with no G, but no, just yeah. Madison Roller Derby now, which we're very excited about. Yeah. Uh, so I just had to 
I had to mention that. A little plug. A little plug. We'll do some more what's making us happy at the end of this uh, this here episode as well. And we want to put in a plug, of course, before we get too far into the into the into the dish. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can always reach out to us if you have thoughts, comments, criticisms, music submissions. Absolutely, still want those as well. Um, questions, uh, suggestions for future topics or questions, whatever, you can reach out to us on Facebook. We're there at SS Roller Derby. We are also on the Twitter at SS Roller Derby. And you can email us at ssderbypodcast at gmail.com. Took me a long time to memorize our own email address, but there it is. ssderbypodcast at gmail.com. Holla at us at any time. And, uh, you know, if we fuck something up, too, let us know, mm-hmm. um, hopefully with some some grace and patience. But we, like, let us know. We will take yeah. the criticism and we will we will do our best to apologize and fix it. Yeah. Hi, my name is Alligator and I am racist. My name is Hammer Abby and I am racist. That is just true because we have been born and raised in a white supremacist society, a deeply racist society, a country that was built on the back of slave labor and stolen indigenous land. I don't like it. Mm -hmm. I don't want it to be true, but it is true. Yeah. And I think the important difference we want to establish right away, um, I think it was important to say that, Mm -hmm. to admit that about yourself, uh, we said, you know, I, I am racist. I'm not a racist. I'm not actively trying to go out and be a white supremacist and support these bullshit ideologies and, and, and um, systems and things. But yeah, but it's important to acknowledge that that we make mistakes and that daily in our lives, even if we don't even see it as a mistake, that there might be microaggressions that we uh, that do things we say that things that are racist sometimes. Yeah. And that is hard to say and it's hard to view that about yourself and sometimes it's hard to have that perspective and then say oh okay i yes that's that's shitty and that's something i have to work on and that's something that is my work to do and if someone takes the time and energy to point that out to you uh that's a hard thing to not be defensive about but it's also something that you have to acknowledge and that is your work to do and it isn't necessarily their work to point it out to you or to teach you how to not be so that's part of this discussion is that we want to talk about how to be a good ally or co-conspirator in this kind of shitty setup that we all have (laughs) um and you know talking about privilege and talking about some of the things that you know i am a cis white female i am queer but you know i present and I have a lot of privilege in this life uh, that I am very aware of and a lot that I'm not aware of um, that comes into daily life. Um, and so we just kind of wanted to talk about this issue um, since it is something that in the last few years has been cropping up a lot in Derby. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not a Derby issue. It's really a societal one. Um, and it and turns out Derby is not uh, no. immune from societal issues much as we would like to be no. and like to pretend that we are sometimes. Yeah, but all of the isms affect us, too. Yeah. Well, and I think what neat things is, is that, though, that Derby gives us the opportunity to affect the change that we want to see yes. in this community yes. that we are a part of and that we can have that change on a local level, yeah. uh, on, an, on a not so local, on an international level within our organizations. Um, um, and within the travel that we do and the other leagues and the skaters and people that we come in contact with. Um, so I think it's important to sometimes, again, be the change that you want to see in the world. Um, it's with, true. Within the communities that we 
want to be a part well, of. Well, this is the approachable place to do it. You know, it, the world can feel big and overwhelming and like we're never going to change all these huge things. But the way those huge things change is because there are sea changes on these smaller levels, these community levels where you start to set a better example and you just hold people accountable and you hold each other accountable. And that really does have a ripple effect. Yeah. And then maybe you feel you, you gain some experience and knowledge in that level that you can take out into the bigger world and to these other things as well is the goal. Um, I think one of the important things to, to remember, and this was really uh, helpful for me in my journey, to, to really do this intentional soul-searching reflection, education, self-education, uh, and I, for the life of me, can't remember who said it or where I read it, but it's this wonderful piece of advice um, as you're dealing with these very difficult, really hard, heart-wrenching subjects where, you know, you do get defensive and you mm -hmm. do get confused and you do get angry, is to remember that the first thought that pops in your head, that knee-jerk thought or mm -hmm. assumption, is by and large, that is the product of the society that you are raised in, the culture that you're raised in, just all the stuff around you that you absorb every day, whether that's racism or misogyny. Mm -hmm. And, you know, even as a woman, I am not free of misogynistic crap that yeah. gets into my head because of this world that we live in. Um, so those first thoughts, those, those instincts are often the bullshit that you've absorbed. The important thing is what your second thought is. The mm -hmm. second thought is you stepping in and saying, I recognize that that's pretty shitty mm -hmm. and I don't like it. And I'm going to decide not to act, react, speak in a way that reflects that initial thought, mm -hmm. but rather to decide something, a better course of action, something yeah. that is is going to be more constructive and and hopefully not fall into these traps and things like that. So not only is it like it doesn't free you from responsibility mm -hmm. or accountability for your for your actions and, and, and spoken stuff, but it does give you some grace and some room to recognize that, like, we all have this shit in us. Mm -hmm. We're all going to mess up from time to time. The important thing is what you consciously decide to do about it. Yeah. And I think that's really important to remember because. You know, there's so much anger and vitriol and people really just double down and get defensive when this stuff comes up. And to your point about um, as you're dealing, you know, don't expect people of color, people with various kinds of marginalized identities to do the education for you because mm -hmm. Lord knows they've had to expend enough energy on this already. They have to live it every day. They don't get to choose to not think about it or yeah. not deal with it. And I, I can say that from my own experience as a queer and very uh, gender nonconforming presenting person, like it's not something I get to step out of mm -hmm. and not deal with but even more so if your skin color you know like you can't there's no hiding that yeah so don't expect folks to do this education for you uh when they've got enough on their plates yeah what you can do is educate yourself so that you have these tools so that when something does happen mm -hmm. when you make a mistake or someone calls you on something you have tools to deal with it better Instead of just automatically getting angry and defensive and lashing out, you already know, oh, shit, okay, here's that situation, and I have done some education for myself mm -hmm. about how to better deal with this. Yeah. So let's talk about that. Yeah. And that's what we're here for today. Yeah. So um, really awesome post um, by a woman named Kayla Reed uh, on Twitter. You can know at re underscore invent underscore ed. Uh, she had a good acronym for ally. Or a L L Y. Uh, first was always center the impacted. L listen and learn from those who live in the oppression. L leverage your privilege and Y yield the floor. And I think that in, like it encompasses a lot of different things that we've talked about um, in terms of again centering those folks impacted, whether it be uh, 
persons of color, whether it be uh, folks, LGBT plus folks, uh, marginalized folks in many different communities of uh, centering the um, the work with them uh, and listening to them and their experiences and not necessarily taking the lead for them. Right. Because uh, that's not soups <laughs> cool. Nope. <laughs> um, you know, so really centering it around them. And I think within the discussion of um, of intersectionalism as well, like if we serve and if we um, say target, but if we serve the folks most um, marginalized, it will affect the wider group so I was gonna, instead yeah. of like trickle down the right. like oh it'll get to you eventually no no we have to listen to these folks we have to um we have to leverage the privilege that we have to help amplify their voices and their messages um so that we can do good and that is that's some of the best that we can do you absolutely know, like, and um, it's like when when queer black indigenous trans women Mm -hmm. are doing well mm -hmm. we're all going to be doing great yeah like just a blanket statement like li lifting the folks who have been the most harmed who are the most harmed and i, I always shy away from language that sort of becomes like an oppression olympics but mm -hmm. that's what an intersectionality is about is like being at an intersection of multiple different identities um and all of us have intersections but it's whether those intersections involve identities that are in this society traditionally like marginalized down power, basically mm -hmm. like not have not had access to the same levels of privilege of like if you are a white mm -hmm. cisgender male Christian able bodied, you know, like all of those things that build up and like doesn't necessarily make you a terrible person because you have all those mm -hmm. things. But that's where it comes to that part of the the acronym you mentioned about leveraging your privilege mm -hmm. and yielding the floor. Those are two difficult things to do at the like in tandem, but there's mm -hmm. it's a super important balance, and I struggle with this because I'm someone who really likes to jump in to leadership positions, mm -hmm. um, and I have perspective and experience and identities that like have been marginalized, but I'm also white mm -hmm. and uh, reasonably well educated and, and like somewhat middle class and have had access to these things. So, ideally, when it comes to, uh, for instance, our league uh, MRD is is created a new diversity and inclusion committee that is really going to be working on putting our money where our mouth our mouth is as a, as a league and like instituting league-wide you know workshops and training mm -hmm. and really intentional work to to try to undo and train and educate and build a, a more inclusive league um and it can't be led by me and it can't be led by white yeah. folks but we also don't want to put all of the work mm -hmm. on the backs of folks who are the people of color in our league who are already unduly burdened so those of us with privilege have to leverage it where we have access that mm -hmm. they don't have because of this privilege yeah um to lift up those needs mm -hmm. and those like we are educating ourselves and we are listening to what they say is hurting them and what could be better and then we go and we use our privilege in the positions where we have access that they that folks maybe don't to really advocate and create new policies and stuff like that, while also yielding the the final floor, the leadership, the final leadership and like centering of priorities and stuff to the folks who are in these more marginalized communities. And yeah. it's a really fucking it can be it's it's tricky even to like articulate it correctly because yeah. I don't even have it down perfectly yet. Yeah. Um, but I think those two things are really, really important parts of the puzzle. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, um, it's it's really challenging because this isn't like just a one real clear 
problem or topic. This <laughs> or magic is, fix. So like you do this yeah. thing and then you're done and you've got your certificate and you're ready to go. Like yeah. that's it. You never sign, have to do any more work. Sign this thing. We're going to pass this law and it's all going to be fixed. <laughs> we elected like, our first back black president. There's no more racism. Right. Like, doesn't work that way. No. So it's it's interesting. So it's it's a lot, again, coming down to the like the grassroots level and like organizing and um, and educating from a league and from like a low level, not low level, but a real direct level. So like educating ourselves about what privilege means uh, and, you know, working on our own sorts of like uh, knee jerk reactions to things. Um, Implicit bias. What? That's a term you can look up. Huh? I want to jump real quick to mention, too, there are a lot of really great resources out mm-hmm. there and I really highly recommend um, hiring outside trainers and educators to come do workshops with your league because uh, one, there's a lot of really awesome, um, especially like people of color mm-hmm. and uh, or white folks who can do white ally training uh, who can come in and do this work. Also, it, it removes the element of like it being a peer within your league having to do this work yeah. because we're all overstretched volunteers anyway. But also, there's like always that weird sort of like, well, this is coming from someone I skate with, and maybe I feel this way or the other way about mm-hmm. them or whatever it is. Just like take that off the table. Yeah. And there are a lot of really great uh, trainers and stuff out there who will do things, uh, you know, prorated for nonprofit leagues or sports organizations or whatever. You still want to pay them, but you yeah. can get everybody to chip in and just pay these folks for the for their time and this really important work. And do it every every season, every new incoming group of people, whatever, like ongoing training. And there's all kinds of things that you can do. So highly recommend seeking that out in your community or wherever nearby. Or if you can telecommute someone in, mm-hmm. for instance, um, you know, you can telecommute in a trainer. And someone who does that is Mick Swagger, who I want, we wanted to oh, shout hey. out. Because Mick has uh, – Mick and, and Mary Swagglin have this – Two two part podcasts now. Out. Yeah, well, Mick has an ongoing podcast called yes. Off the Track, which you should really check out. And uh, for this podcast, and then a lot of the other resources that we're talking about today as well, we're going to list the links on our page as well. Yeah, it'll be in the um, post for this podcast. So all the stuff we mentioned, hopefully, if we remember, will be in there. Yeah. So you know, early in uh, Mick's podcast, uh, they talked about oppression in roller derby, talked about Team Indigenous, and regarding politics in roller derby, and kind of the wider thing, but and wider world. Uh, but uh, at RollerCon this year, they actually held some seminars um, and summits uh, to center the voices of people of color um, and really allow them the chance to speak without um, white allies or folks that are non-marginalized even speaking. That was actually one of the um, one of the expectations going in was like, even if you respond to this, this isn't the place for you to speak, which was I'll be honest, was challenging at times. It was like, oh, even the like wanting to say like, yes, like, but guess what? Just no. You don't know. You don't. Need, <laughs> I don't need to say that for you to know it's true. You yeah. Know, like, right. Right. So you know, like it's it's that. And then it was awesome because we had these breakout summits as well, um, where um, allies got together to talk and uh, in a safe space that we could talk and say like, this is hard stuff. Like, how do we how do we not be jerks? Like, how do we support people without tokenizing them? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was a really wonderful discussion and really great opportunity. So thank you again so much to Mick and Swags for uh, taking the lead on this and hosting that uh, with uh, Team Indigenous. Uh, It was really a great opportunity um, to get that discussion really started up more in public. Uh, They'd already started the discussion online as well, and that discussion has been ongoing, but to really bring it to people um, face-to-face and give them spaces to talk about that. Um, So they currently have a few different... um, 
episodes out. There is a recording of the seminar, RollerCon, discussing people of color. And then there's going to be a two-part um, allyship uh, episodes. One episode is out right now. Another episode is going to be coming out shortly about um, allyship and that seminar that was recorded at RollerCon. Um, and they're sharing a lot of um, personal stories and yeah. like how that impacts them. Um, and so again, thank there's a lot you. of good. There's a lot of good, uh, language defining yes. in it as well. So you'll you'll hear us using some words in this, just assuming that everybody knows what they mean. Mm-hmm. And it's okay if you don't. Yeah. Um, those episodes have some really good like glossary, basically of terms in them. But you can also find Google's we'll, your friend. Google's your friend, and we will also include some links in the thing to this the post the thing the post yeah. for this uh, episode about where you can go to sort of understand some of these words better. For instance, even tokenization mm-hmm. uh, is a word we've used, and, and essentially what that means is. Like, you know, no one person can or should speak for an entire race or ethnicity or sexuality because we are not a monolith. People Mm -hmm. are as diverse and varied as as anything. A lot of organizations will basically bring in a Republican Party, like one person of color and be like, look, we're cool. Like, we have this one person. uh, We had a lady ask some questions. Right. We had a lady ask some questions. It's like, yeah, you tokenize the shit out of that person. And that Mm -hmm. is an unfair burden to put on someone's shoulders um, and it's super not representative as well so you don't want to be a tokenizing organization where you're like okay so uh we have these like you know so many people of color in our league probably a a murder like have them do the thing or highlight them in all of the pictures of Uh, our league you know yeah (laughs) the uw has this famous case here in madison uh from i want to say it was early 2000s when i was here they put out a uh um a, like their main brochure with mm-hmm. the cover picture on it of like a bunch of kid uh, students at like a UW football game yeah. cheering in like the cheering section and there's this like one black man in the shot and you can look like looking at it you could tell he looked super out of place like it didn't look quite right Uh-oh. and he he had been photoshopped in mm. literally photoshopped in and the guy that they used was like a dude who was in the area was like hey I've never been to a UW football <laughs> game you guys <laughs> what the fuck so you know don't do shit like that yeah. um, but again yeah looking around uh and doing the legwork and seeing who is offering that sort of education yes who is putting themselves out there that you can pay yeah uh, because pay. that is worth work that is labor it's emotional labor it's actual labor and work so pay well, them and there's for like it. people who do this professionally so yes. pay them for it and have them come in and give this training it's super worth your while uh and yes absolutely the there's also free shit that you can engage with is just out there on the internet lots of good podcasts um mm-hmm. there's a great one called yo is this racist that's a really fun approachable one with like sort of questions that come in yeah. uh there's the uncivil podcast is really good yep. the code switch podcast through npr is really good uh there's a lot of them i'm a big <laughs> just like thinking about like queer people of color talking about in media is a wonderful podcast called food for thought oh my gosh spelled yes t-h-o-t and it's uh it's amazing uh so shout out to those those guys Oh, the thoughts. I love Mm. them all. So there's there's so many things out there Mm -hmm. and you can ask around without like burdening someone like, hey, what do you listen to that's good? Or who do you read that's good? Uh, For instance, um, highly recommend there's a really great book out there right now. Uh, called So You Want to Talk About Racism, uh, or So You Want to Talk About Race, sorry. And that's Ichioma Oluo. Yeah. I'm sorry, white person pronunciation. Uh, and she's a fantastic author. I follow yeah. I follow her on Twitter, too. She's just really, really good and um, has just a bunch of good insight. And like that book in particular is, is written very much specifically for like people who are like, yeah. I don't even know where to start and I'm afraid. Yeah. And again, like. You know, we're having this discussion with each other. And again, but again, like having that space to to read 
oh, guess what? You shouldn't do this. Guess what? You shouldn't touch someone's hair. Like, oh, 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 oh. You know, like there's a lot of those things that you maybe even didn't even think about. But like now that you read that, you're like, oh, I could have seen myself do that. Like, sure. Or that, yeah, faux pas. Um, or things that you should do, too. There's yeah. I mean, positive, constructive things that you can do. And where, you know, like everything is not horrible garbage all the yes. time. Like there is room for a lot of positive action. And it's more just like it's so much of this just comes down to basic human respect mm-hmm. and like consent. Yeah. And uh, but, yeah, there are a lot of areas where, you know, we grew up and because we live in the society, there's so much of stuff that I've had to unlearn just in terms of like words that you shouldn't use because mm-hmm. of this like really fraught weighted past or where it came from. Like even rule of thumb, I had no idea was this gross sexist thing for a long time. But the rule of thumb comes from the width of the switch you were allowed to beat your wife with could not exceed the width of your thumb. Uh, and But anything under that was fine. You could beat your wife with a switch that was under oh. that. Right. So no more you freaking know. And I'm like, wah, Jesus, wah, wah. gross. Um, and it shouldn't be, don't get mad that you, it's not that you can't use these words mm-hmm. or phrases. You're just not free of consequences for using them because it causes real harm for people. And once you know better uh, and someone tells you this is hurting me, if you don't stop, that's super on you at that point. But it's an easy thing to be like, oh, shit, I used to say the the R word Mm -hmm. uh, to describe things. And then people are like, you know, that's that really hurts me. And people that I know who have various developmental uh, disabilities and things like that. And I was like, oh. You know what? I don't want to hurt you anymore. So I'm not. This is an easy thing that I can simply stop doing. Yeah. Yeah. And again, that's not something that is worth getting defensive about because, yeah, it's sometimes hard to say that this behavior that I did or this thing that I said was hurtful. No, we don't want to think that we're hurting people. It's very. Yeah, it's very easy to get defensive about that. But it's and but it's hard, you know, to take that step to again, what you were saying before is take that step, uh, take a breath. And take yeah. that second reaction of, okay, how can I not hurt this person? Yeah. And not only how can I not hurt this human? It doesn't yeah. even have to be my best friend or this no. other one. Like, you don't really want to hurt human beings in general. Um, let me knock on wood. Let's hope that we're all on that same page in I think general. Generally, yeah. Like, um, unless someone is like a heinous monster who is uh, actively murdering you and yours, like, <laughs> you can punch him and defend yourself then. Yeah. I'll, I'll make some exceptions here for sure. Yeah. But I think generally in society, that's sort of what's lost in so much debate when yeah. people are trying to one up each other and trying to win arguments and trying to win elections. Yeah. And they just want to make so-and-so cry and feel right all the time it's Mm -hmm. like do you want to feel right or do you want to feel like a decent human being who's willing to engage and admit that you're flawed and that maybe we can make the world a better place if you were willing to give up the right to say certain fucking words like Mm -hmm. what is the what are you losing what are you truly losing yeah by making space for other people who have not had access to feeling safe or heard or valued or even like just uh, human for yeah. so long. Like, what is hurting you by actually giving space for that? Yeah. But my freedom of speech. No, that's, <laughs> it's that's like not. No. You have freedom of speech. No. You don't have freedom from consequences. Exactly. There ah. you go. Good times. Yeah. Good times. So, um, a few other things that within our discussion at RollerCon for allies that kind of came out that were things to uh, that I thought were really interesting ideas to pass along and a lot of these ideas too if you are doing initiatives at your league um it would be great to hear um yeah share that you know if there's things that you have found that have been um that have been really great initiatives or that just you know 
maybe a story that you're like, this was awesome. Um, please share that with us. Um, but uh, so representation and leadership is something yep. that, and again, this is kind of not tokenization, you know, again, putting that per the one. You're our one person of color. We're yeah. going to elect you as GM automatically. <laughs> like, no. Because <Yeah. laughs> you have all the perspective. No, again, they're one person. But, you know, bringing people in uh, so that your leadership represents your um, your community. More. And your mission statement, mm -hmm. your vision statement. And, hey, does your league have a mission and vision statement that clearly includes these concepts? Yeah. Yeah. Um, are you looking at the charities and nonprofits that you partner with as a league, the sponsors that you take on and take money from, and are they meeting that mission mm -hmm. uh, and, and guidelines as well? Like all of this stuff plays into it. Yeah. I think it's something as well people have talked about is having proactive policy yes. regarding this, not necessarily having reactive policy of like, oh, well, if this issue comes up, now we're going to have mediation and now we're going to create a policy to uh, react to that. Of, Just like one thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And because, again, that then makes that that maybe that negative instance with that person that it was kind of a shitty situation anyway or now you kind of like just solidified all that in a policy um you know again proactive policy and within that um and kind of related to it the call-in versus call-out culture um that can happen within leagues uh i mean it happens on the internet oh yes all over the um, internet can you give us a little definition of like call in versus call out culture? Sure, I could try my best. Yeah. So, I mean, we all know what a call out is. Is call out is like someone does something that you disagree with, so you blow you blow it up wherever in mm -hmm. person on social media, and you're like, "Fuck this person." Here's what they did. I have receipts. Here's the screenshot. CC Go to hell. CC all. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that never happens. Um, versus call in. So call in. It's a little more complex because mm -hmm. I'm not saying it can't be public. Yeah. Although I would say. For me personally, what I have learned is it's better to go directly to someone first to be like, hey, this thing hurt me mm -hmm. or I see this thing and I know that it has hurt others. And as an ally co-conspirator, I am stepping up to say you might want to rethink this approach, uh, change this thing and give the person a chance or organization a chance to make it right mm -hmm. now. They should do so quickly and engage, and you hope that they apologize and say, cool, let's do this, and we'll do it. Um, but it's giving that space mm -hmm. to make a correction and make real meaningful change and for them to have the room to be like, ah, I fucked up, and I'm not just in public being raked over the coals in front of everybody where I'm either just going to shut down entirely and not engage, mm -hmm. or I'm going to get super defensive and double down, and it's just going to be a shit show. Mm -hmm. um, and, I, and I know that's some, sometimes hard even for me, because there are people that I get so angry at. Obviously, I'm not perfect, mm -hmm. and I, I get really angry, or I kind of want to get all those likes and clicks on something because, you know, it's making people pay attention, and yeah. it's this, like, contentious thing. Like, I am not above that. I have definitely fucked up and done that. Um, but I think the far more long-term positive outcome situation is to call someone in and give them space to make a correction. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, of course, if, like, you do that and then they still double down or, like, it kind of takes forever because, like, Madison is really good at good intentions, but then, like, forming a committee on the committee mm -hmm. to study the statement that they might put out to change or apologize. Um, you know, at that point, it's like, yeah, okay, so maybe you got to light more of a fire under yeah. them. But even then, it's like... You don't have to just start calling people names mm -hmm. and making accusations. Just say, hey, that's when you go public and you're like, hey, I reached out to this organization and I said this and I was expecting some change. That hasn't happened yet. I encourage you to send respectful but pointed letters mm -hmm. or calls or whoever, whatever, talk to someone and like push them on this. Yeah. Make it happen or 
whatever. Because sometimes you need that public um, kick in the butt to, to get a thing done. Like, yeah. you know, you see companies, like if you tag them on Twitter when they fuck up their customer service, it's like, oh, you tag me on Twitter. I got to like respond to that and do a nice thing oh, versus like season. something that people can't see may not get dealt with as fast. Yeah. But I feel like those are the sort of the two stages of calling in is like you can do that if you have the avenue to talk to someone or a place in a more like a private email or direct message or whatever to offer that, especially if you know the person, like yeah. give them a chance to do the right thing. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, if, if it needs to get escalated to public, you can still do that in a way that's not just like, fuck you, go to hell. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's still offering some space to do the right thing, even if they needed that extra nudge. Because ultimately, even though it like personally offends me that anybody would need all of this extra, like I'm going to have to publicly do this now and you should have done this in the first place. I know that, again, what do I want to have happen? What mm -hmm. is my goal? If my goal is to actually make this change and to mm -hmm. see these people change and, like, do better or myself to change, um, then I have to approach it with that in mind versus if my goal is just to make people feel bad. And, and never going to do it again because yeah, you're going to be horrible. Or to, like, get, you know, uh, fired forever. And, mm -hmm. I mean, like, there are people that I would rather get fired forever and they've done something really heinous and that's a whole other conversation. But like if I, if I want it to change, mm -hmm. that's like how do you actually – what do you need to do to actually make this thing change uh, yeah. and get this outcome that you would like to see? And I'm hoping that people just don't want to like see people be publicly shamed yeah. um, and, and raked over the coals. Again, I'm going to say the asterisk on this is like if someone is a consistent bad actor who is doing active harm mm -hmm. – um, uh, even then, I'm not going to, like, necessarily dance on their, you know, their figurative grave. But, like, there is room to be like, I'm done with you. And I'm going to tell everybody, like, look, this is this thing. And this person is no longer welcome at our game. So you should ban them, too, or whatever. Yeah. Like, one of the, there is room for that. Yeah. Well, and I think that kind of leads into the discussion that has also been around, out there uh, of restorative justice growth uh, for issues like this and not necessarily just punitive or punishment based. Right. There is there is place for punitive punishment yeah. based one again consistent bad actors doing harm to people and like you know there is another place for them to go get the help they need that is not mm -hmm. in roller derby in your league. But yeah, talk about restorative justice cuz I think this is a really important conversation for building community especially like if we're talking on our scale in roller derby um it's a it's a concept that exists out in the wider world to do with um systems of incarceration and the school to prison pipeline as we call it which is just where young uh kids in schools predominantly like uh disproportionately young people of color are being um, penalized for doing stuff wrong in school that like white kids get a slap on the wrist from mm -hmm. or a laugh and a pat on the back uh, where like I might have been given a detention for something, a young black girl or like a young black boy may be um, suspended or have an interaction with an in-school cop mm -hmm. at much higher levels. And then it puts it's like this whole domino effect of like putting them on this line to be like, OK, we're just going to put you right in jail, yeah. like out of out from school to jail. And that's it. So there's a there's a movement to do this thing called restorative justice, which is instead of putting kids with cops and into the criminal justice system, there are these sort of community courts that mm -hmm. exist that try to intervene and like talk to the kid and see if there's any family or who's involved, what's going on here yeah. and how can we maybe offer this kid some second chances, some tools mm -hmm. and a path to not ending up in prison and actually having some support that yeah. they need. Yeah. And so within that, you know, again, kind of going back to the Derby side of things in creating proactive policy of having a mediation 
uh, committee or people that are mediation trained within your league. We have that at MRD. We do. And if you don't have it at yours, we highly suggest. This is a fun story, really quick aside. Mm -hmm. So uh, the person that we go to for mediation training, who Mm -hmm. is a professional mediator, like trainer, who does this for like businesses and stuff like that, uh, was a former league member. Her name is Sassafras. She's my derby wife. Correct. Uh, I mean, you know who I'm talking about. This, I is, do. this is for the listeners. Uh, who had not done this. This was not her career. Mm-hmm. And then she took it on within the league, yeah. found out that she was really interested in it and pretty good at it, and then like pursued training and now does it professionally and gets yeah. paid for She's it. She's a lawyer and does it professionally. Yeah, it's fucking awesome. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so derby can do things for you. Yeah. So yes, talk about mediation. Well, I think it's just been a really useful uh in the past for our league in some ways uh, in terms of this isn't like this person said this thing to me and I'm just I'm going to bitch about him for five weeks and then we're going to have this thing. This is like, you know, if you are unable to clear up an issue with someone or you if, don't feel safe. You, yeah. If you don't feel safe or if you don't feel heard that it's a someone and folks in your league that uh, can go that are receptive, uh, that they can go to and have um, feedback with. Uh, I'm not great at dis- at describing mediation, <laughs> I'll be honest. <laughs> uh, mediation can depend. Uh, so part of the mediation training is just, uh, you know, when you are when you get this, it's like learning how to deal with interpersonal conflict in a more constructive way, which, good Lord, we should be teaching that in schools. Like, mm-hmm. we could all use this. And especially when you come into a, a community like Derby where you're interacting with people that you maybe haven't had experience with and wouldn't normally interact with. It's, you know, it's a recipe. It's a, it's a tinderbox mm-hmm. for misunderstanding and conflict and all kinds of things. So the training is on the baseline just to teach you how to do inter, interpersonal conflict more effectively, how to have conversations without people getting immediately defensive Mm -hmm. and um, what kind of steps you can take. And and for us in in how we sort of handle it is, you know, if we tell people, like, try to resolve the thing in person. Don't mm-hmm. just go running behind someone's back. Sending which, emails. Yeah, rumor. which, you know, good Lord knows we can't enforce perfectly and it happens still. But mm-hmm. it's like if someone then comes to us and is like, I have this complaint. I'm like, yeah, what did you do about it? Did you just bitch behind people's back for a long time? You have no, like, specific complaint. It's just mm-hmm. sort of this feeling you have. Like, I can't do anything about that. Yeah. Um, but what we can do is, you know, if you don't feel safe addressing the person directly, if there's an ongoing issue that you don't feel like your captains or uh, other teammates are like at all seeing or enforcing or whatever, um, and you've tried that and you hit these walls, you can go to these mediation trained people and say, I would like to seek mediation with this person. Um, and this is for instances that you feel like there is a, a potential for a positive outcome as mm-hmm. opposed to like, I want this person punished. Yeah. Like wanting someone punished, you have to just have a leadership structure in place that you can go with grievances and file a grievance, which is a very specific thing, Mm -hmm. and seek some kind of uh, change based on that. But mediation is different. Mediation is where you want there to be uh, a a, a peaceful solution for both people, where maybe no one person is like specifically um, done a terrible thing, but there's like a lot of conflict and tension there. Mm -hmm. So then you, you you request mediation. The mediator goes to the other person and says... Someone is asked to have this facilitated conversation with you. Are you okay? Are you willing? And then you go sit in a room with one or two of these mediators and they facilitate this conversation mm-hmm. in a way that is, you know, like these neutral arbiters, hopefully, yeah. who can help people have the conversation constructively, hopefully clear up misunderstandings. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of the mediation I've sat in on has just been a lot of like different communication styles, mm-hmm. different expectations, different backgrounds, um, different personality types. Uh 
too much trying to get handled through email where like tone is lost, mm -hmm. um, misunderstandings or like lack of communication, all of that stuff. So it's like, get us in a room, let's get it all in the open. You say you use a lot of I feel statements, mm -hmm. you know, like all of that. And a lot of the times it's just that's enough to sort of clear it up. Yeah. There are, of course, instances where you have to escalate it. And that's where you need to have really clear policy in your league about how these things are dealt with, where there's room for restorative approaches. Mm -hmm. So like helping people, providing tools, creating an avenue for return versus like where there are instances that you have to suspend someone for a time mm -hmm. or refer it to outside law enforcement with someone's permission if yeah. that's what they wish to seek or if it's not related to someone else someone just does something shitty and like steals some shit or whatever like yeah. refer it like i've heard of leagues trying to deal with like serious sexual assault internally and Ugh. that is some no. fucking catholic church bullshit don't mm -mm. do that <laughs> like no. you need to talk to the person who was victimized and say what can we do to support you um do you want to seek legal uh uh, help mm -hmm. do you want just like counseling outside like because there are organizations that help with this sort of thing like victim counseling and stuff yeah how can we support you that way and also while that's ongoing we are going to suspend this person and they cannot yeah. be at league functions like just blanket that kind of thing like, you yeah. need policies for that because i've seen shit go really wrong yeah and then trying to scramble and create policies yes then, you don't want to do it in the middle of an emergency no because then it's really it ends up being very one-sided and or it, it just it depends on who's more popular yeah. who has more yeah. friends who said what about what it's like it's yeah. there's so much room for that just being terrible and I've, I've i have seen it happen uh in in a lot of other places um and even a little bit with you know right here in madison mm -hmm. like it's just you know, you it, if you need to pull in an outside consultant to help you develop policy on what's called like, um, you know, an emergency plan, emergency response plan for stuff like this, not just for natural disasters, but mm -hmm. for like if some some serious accusation happens with someone in the league, you need to know what the procedure is for dealing with that. Yeah. In terms of messaging, in terms of how do you actually, you know, create movement and how like what? Yeah. What do you do? What are you doing? What are you doing? Yeah, don't you don't want to be making that one up on the fly, mm -hmm. and yeah. that I mean, you know, that comes down again to any kind of serious accusation, um, if it's assault, and and if it's based on like bigotry or racism or transphobia, mm -hmm. like how do you deal with that, and how how what stance do you take as a league, and mm -hmm. are you very firm about it, you know, and have a good PR person for gosh sakes too, because you need mm -hmm. someone who's prepared to to interface with the public in a really effective way. Yeah. So these are all things that, you know, you can reach out to other leagues for advice um, mm -hmm. if they have existing policy. Like, you know, I'm, I'm happy as, as a member of MRD. There's some stuff that we can share with outside that doesn't, you know, violate our NDA. Mm -hmm. um, and there's a lot of other leagues and people who have that stuff, too. There are great workshops and summits that go on, especially now like at RollerCon. Mm -hmm. And I know that they're trying to organize stuff through the WFTDA on a lot of this as well. So yeah. seek out those resources, man. It'll, yeah. it'll serve you in the long run. So uh, a couple other things that uh, we chatted about at Roller con in regards to allyship and that we've kind of chatted about as well um is uh you know financial accessibility in yes. recruiting for roller derby we, we real white because roller derby is expensive to play a lot of the places we play are may not be accessible uh outside if you know if you ha don't have a vehicle of your own uh there's a lot of things again the privilege comes into play access to venue space mm -hmm. uh access to like be able to have much money for the gear to have space and time in your life to go and do this yeah um and it's not to say that like you know black folks don't have can't have make money or anything it's, no, it's yeah. systemic issues in societies that privilege certain identities and mean that you've been born into a situation where you have more access to 
um, income mobility and stable housing and all this stuff that mm-hmm. we don't have time to get into in this podcast. But, you know, I need to do some reading and some research into like read the new Jim Crow and read about redlining mm-hmm. and <laughs> you know read about uh, reconstruction and its aftermath. And uh, I have some great book recommendations I'll throw out there for that, too, because. You know, this shit has been ongoing and systemic and institutionalized and planned for a long time. And that's where we are. So what can we do about it right now, even on a micro level, is how do we make it more accessible to more people, even if they don't have these same resources? Yeah. So, I mean, there's uh, things in terms of maybe applying for grants from a league standpoint uh, to have a pool of gear for new skaters or skaters that uh, may be uh, financially challenged. Uh, Getting outside your comfort zone in regards to recruiting. So going places um, that you don't oftentimes, uh, I would say, go to normally. This isn't, again, just to go there once, drop flyers off, and leave. This is to go create and develop relationships with people in the community. You don't want to parachute in as like a white savior. You want to build relationships with community organizations in particular that exist and work by and for Uh, communities that you normally have interaction with. Yeah, and so I think some of that is, um, you know, people making the argument or complaining that roller derby is really white. Well, yeah, it is. Um, I'm not going to argue against that because... It's true. Yeah, it's true. Um, But, you know, it's... And that's that's a challenge, too, because, you know, people see themselves in our posters um, and, you know... Or you show up at a game and you're like, you go once and you're like, I don't see anybody here that looks like me and I don't really want the job of being the the trailblazer. Mm -hmm. Like, kudos to people who do and show up and make it work but that's a lot of emotional energy to be like the only one of anything Mm -hmm. so yeah and so again kind of really putting the focus on to avoid tokenization is to develop those relationships with people it's not just hey sign this waiver and put you on this poster it's are you their friend have you discussed things with them like you know again the relationships is the thing yeah real actual relationships you're not just asking someone a favor to be like come and join so you can be our one black Mm -hmm. person it's like and legitimately people in the league and all of you have relationships and friendships and are part of and work with yeah you know a lot of different aspects of your community and that's a real challenge like in madison uh just to lay our you know bleeding heart on the line here like we're the supposedly very liberal city super segregated super Uh, madison and milwaukee milwaukee is i think the most segregated city in the country um and so i always tell people like madison and and milwaukee are diverse but they're very segregated Mm -hmm. they're not mingled you know like we have forced in various ways people from various uh, people of color in particular out to very specific areas and Mm -hmm. communities and there's very little um uh, intermingling basically and they are left out of a lot of the discussions and positions of leadership and decision making in the city and not privileged or prioritized in any way so that means that um those of us who live in certain parts of town and are white and have access to this that and the next thing uh just Unless we make a point of getting the fuck outside of our bubbles and like making real friends and Mm -hmm. getting involved and all of the relationship building that you're talking about, you know, that means that most of the folks that we're going to know are also going to be white privileged folks. So it's on us to fix that. It's not on the folks of color who have enough shit on their plate to to step outside of their comfort zone because they have to do that all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So going back to the list, there's a few things uh, that were brought up that I thought were really interesting. Um, Some leagues uh, have voter registration booths at their bouts and at other events. Uh, Some 
leagues give attendance credit for voting uh, in terms of community involvement. Uh, so I think being creative in terms of community action and community involvement with your league, again, looking at your mission statement and looking at your uh, what your the statement is for your league. What are your goals? What's your mission? Yeah. What do you want to do? And then make sure that you're doing those things. Yeah. And being creative about that. Yeah. You know? I it's, like the idea of the, the voter registration thing and, and credits for voting. It's fantastic. And I'm yeah. writing notes about that as we were having this conversation, yeah. actually. Yeah. I love it. Um, and so I, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm sorry. Did I cut you over? Did you have more thoughts about that? No, I was just like, those yeah. are really good examples. Yeah. Uh, and, and we would love to hear if you have really good examples of creative, interesting things that your league or people do that might be just ways to incentivize or make fun or make accessible or whatever it is. Uh, all of the stuff that we've been talking about on the show today, because mm -hmm. this isn't going to be a one off conversation. We are going to continue to talk about related subject matter mm -hmm. on this show. So I think I are, you know. It's funny because I feel like the show has sort of had a very derby oral history bent for yeah. the first several in, uh, episodes, which is great. And we are going to continue that. Absolutely. Um, and be mindful of making that derby oral history more diverse and inclusive. Mm -hmm. And then also having these conversations about what's happening right now. What can we do right now? How do we make this the the future of derby better yeah. Um, so that's I'm, I just realized, like, here, here's our mission statement for SS Roller Derby, because we didn't really know <laughs> going in entirely what it was hey, going to be. You want to go talk to people about some stuff about roller derby? Yeah, sounds great. Oh, cool. We like talking. Let's do that. So now we have like a, a kind of a more sense of really where we want to go with it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully you'll come along with us on this ride in the future. Yay. So. Uh, so, yeah, we've talked about quite a lot. Mm -hmm. um, We're going to add some links yes. again, some additional links about uh, what privilege means, about. Uh, some additional steps on how to be an ally. Uh, there's a resources. few resources. Yeah, some again, some uh, people to follow. Team Indigenous Roller Derby, um, and uh, you know, just to get you thinking and get you looking and your fingers going on Google and the internet. Uh, <laughs> you know, go just go run wild and uh, there's educate so yourselves. Much, that's just a, it's like there's so many resources out there, and I know I want to say to anybody listening, like if this is feeling overwhelming um, or insurmountable or scary and gross, like, yeah, uh, that's it is. Brene Brown, hold hashtag. those feelings. Yeah, like hold those feelings, <laughs> like move through those feelings. They are real feelings. They are real things. Mm -hmm. um, none of this is easy. No, but through uh, vulnerability yes. and through these like things of shame and these like thing like this is really hard. But those are the points that you get to connect with other people yes. about. And the moment that you see that someone else is vulnerable about the same thing, you can connect with them and you can learn and you can grow together. And then you have that connection. Um, so hashtag Brene Brown, add that to your reading list too. So, <laughs> yeah, and I really, it, I would say, you know, I, I, I've tried to be really mindful, and I've been pretty open-minded my whole life. Um, but I've I've had to learn so much, and I want to keep learning. I, I always say, like, one of my favorite things I've realized as an adult is the capacity to continue to have my mind blown, mm -hmm. and that's not always with like wonderful revelations about myself and how cool I am. It is just like <laughs> I did not know this, and I have thought something else my entire life, and mm -hmm. holy shit. And I want that to continue because if yeah. it stops at any point in my life, I know I am no longer doing my job as a human being. Yeah. And, I, you know, it's like, why am I even doing anything? Why am I even trying to do anything? It's like there is so much to learn out there and there's so many people with different experiences and there's histories that you've never heard of. And there's things going on right now that are amazing. Mm -hmm. And I want to reiterate, like in all of this scary, hard 
uh, traumatizing, triggering shit that is going on in the world right now, which is super real, hold on to this. Like the goal here is to build something better. And Mm -hmm. as you said, Allie, like you are making connections with people like it's it can be hard and it, it feels like. Um, you know, we have this like white guilt thing that we deal yeah, with. Shut down. Like, don't, 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 don't do don't. that because the that's terrible. Whereas, like, if you actually really do the work, you know, you're just it's just a benefit, and yeah. it's going to be better, and you're going to just have so much better experiences and like meet people and get to like really see those people thrive and um, have success. And there's there's a term. I, I'm just going to get real squishy here for a second on you, but there's a term that I learned as someone who is also polyamorous um, called compersion. Oh, I love that compersion. I don't really like the word itself. Mm-hmm. It just, it sounds too, I don't know, the word is eh, but like the meaning is beautiful. Mm-hmm. And compersion is the capacity to feel good when you see someone you love having good things happen for them, mm-hmm. um, even and especially when it has nothing to do with you. So really... In this dark world, find compersion and start from there Uh, because it's not, especially as white folks, it's not all about us. Everything has been about us for a really long time. Mm -hmm. And in my struggles to like undo patriarchy, I'm asking men to realize that not everything is about you. And sometimes you need to shut the fuck up and take a step back and seed you know, these positions to people who have not had access to them at all, even if you as a man are a totally decent, good human being, Mm -hmm. especially if you're a good, decent human being, you see that to be a good, decent human being means taking that step back yeah, and listening and lifting up other people and like lifting up these voices that have not had what you had by a trick of birth and Mm -hmm. not because you necessarily earned it in any way. Yeah. Um, So... Find that joy for other people. Find that joy in the new and having your mind blown. Find that joy in seeing other people's successes because it does not harm you in any way Mm -hmm. to see that happen. And in fact, I think as we come back to the point you made earlier... When the folks who've hit at the the most marginalized intersections, when the, they are finally doing well, that means we are all doing yeah. better. This is the mood of today. The sounds of modern dance, a musical journey around the world. If you have any feedback regarding this discussion or would like to continue this discussion with us, please feel free to email us or shout out to us on our Facebook page or Twitter. Those addresses are at SS Roller Derby and the email is ssderbypodcast at gmail.com. We are open again always to constructive suggestions, criticism, feedback, the whole nine yards, which I'm pretty sure is not a shitty reference. It's just a football weird thing. But we'll double check it. (laughs) We'll double check it. You never know. And now it's time for some music. So we did not get any Derby-specific submissions in time for this specific episode, but because this is our podcast and we get to do whatever we want, I asked my dear friend and bandmate from Damsel Trash, that would be Meg, if we could feature a song from her other band. Her main project right now is a group called The Loud Soft Loud. They're out of Brooklyn, New York. They're fantastic. I love them a lot. So we're going to play one of their tracks. It's a new one called Date With Myself, a little ode to self-love. You can find a really awesome music video for this online as well. I encourage you to check them out. 
full-length album should be out soon. I will put links to their information and web and all that in our post about this particular episode. But for now, enjoy Date With Myself by The Loud Soft Loud.
What's making you happy, alligator? Many things. Many things are making me happy in the world. Um, so as we said previously, we are going to be heading down to New Orleans uh, for uh, Champions 2018 International WFTDA Championships. Woo! Uh, yeah, so uh, very excited for that. Um, and uh, something that was making me kind of just... Uh, happy, but also like, oh, mm. interesting. Mm -hmm. Is the fact I was looking at some of the rosters just from the Atlanta and uh, a Coruña uh, playoffs, playoffs, and Texas specifically. Yes. So Texas is always very challenging. Wiggly in the beginning of every season. Well, it's called I think. Wiggly. Yeah, yeah. I love that. That's the case. And then yet, they yeah. come back in like whatever their final tournament is and kick ass. Yeah. And so they had finished first uh, in Atlanta. Yep. Um. And I want to make the point that that is first without Jackie Daniels on their roster, without CC Boom, without Trauma, without Asia Gare, without Polygon, without Alius, without Smarty Pants, without a few other skaters. Those are all skaters that have been on that roster for a long time. Yeah. They had a and huge turnover from last yeah. season. And so just the fact that like they had such a strong showing at playoffs and that they have such a strong seating coming into deep bench deep yeah. bench yeah and so it's really awesome um and uh i'm really excited to see uh how they do in new orleans well they're playing gotham and both they and gotham that will be their first game of the weekend they mm -hmm. don't have to play anybody who's already played so they'll yeah. both be fresh and i know i've already seen some shade getting thrown on twitter like oh sorry about you texas and i'm like you know what don't write texas off grandma gonna knock you down come you on don't get out of her way right so i i mean i don't think i would feel comfortable calling it one way or the other mm -hmm. i will be cheering for texas simply because i have been a longtime Texie fan mm -hmm. uh, and have some friends have come come through that team um, but not even with shade to Gotham. I, yeah. I just, I would love a little bit of an upset. I was always a fan of that. I just like Texas, but I, I mean, you know, Gotham could totally win that. Texas could totally win that. Yeah. And maybe yeah. I'm being ridiculous based on stats for saying that, but I feel like Texas tends to really get roaring in the postseason. So that's going to be a fun game to watch. What's the other one we were talking about that should be really interesting? Ooh, the arch rival Denver. As yes. well, with the new tournament structure this year, with some of the teams not having buys in the first round, or the fact that, again, uh, Denver and Arch are playing each other for their first games of the weekend, yes. that they don't have to burn... Uh, uh, energy right. getting through that first round as long as they don't just eat a whole lot of beignets first mm -hmm. uh when they get there they should be fine yeah again that's you know get to town early get acclimated to the uh to the you know the height and the, <laughs> the, the, the altitude, below sea level the altitude and the beignets <laughs> you know denver's really good at that i think they'll be fine um but yeah like i'm really excited about that matchup yes. that one i have feelings about mm. um oh, i just oh, <laughs> I love Arch. Well, Arch has been really fun. I, I've been keeping a, a, a side eye on mm -hmm. for a couple of seasons now where you've just been watching Arch get better and better yeah. and building and building and building like slow, but very like not slow, like no, a steady consistent. pace, just a steady pace each season. And then this year, especially, I think uh, a lot blockers. of people were taken off guard by how fucking good they were. Mm -hmm. And I was like, no, 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 no. If you've been paying attention to Arch, and I'm, look, I'm not special. I don't pay close attention to all the teams. Arch is nearby. I, I get to see them play a lot. I just happened to notice this happening over yeah. several seasons. But, geez, they have really come out hot this year. And, uh, I mean, I think they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Yeah. Even, like, Denver's a super solid team, you know, now having picked up some of the players that they have picked up. Mm -hmm. For sure it's going to be a fight. But I think there's going to be some really hot contests. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I, that was one I think the really exciting things about uh, both Atlanta and Arcarunia was the fact that there were such close yeah. matchups there. I mean, that Crime City run of mm. like all of those upsets was just like, oh, oh, I love it. And now they get to go to Champs. Crime City Rollers. I'm a little bit. Crime City Rollers. I'm a little bummed that they're playing Montreal as the first game because that means that two of the uh, international, well, not, I'm going to say international, the non. North America, non-American, non-USA teams yeah. are playing each other as like a knockout game in that that first one, which is sort of a bummer because I I like crime in Montreal a great deal. Yeah, um, but so so goes the seating. Yeah, what are you gonna do? Yeah. So, Ham, what's making you happy right now? Oh, I mean a few things, but let's go hyper local. Okay. So MRD, our home league, is getting ready to draft a new crop of rookies uh, in just a couple of weeks, which means that we've been in. Uh, draft pool season so mm-hmm. we have all these potentials um i like, like slayer potential slayers basically yeah uh coming and skating with us <laughs> uh before we decide on draft and we have such a good we have we have great every year but it's such a solid class this year like yeah. so good and it makes me really happy to see that we just have this really good program in the rec league and transfers that are coming in now a little bit more um it's just really good across the board lots of good people and mm-hmm. it's been fun to skate with them but i got so i got to lead uh, a practice last week um i do lead practices from time to time Yay. i really enjoy it i don't do it as much as i'd like to simply because i do a lot mm-hmm. and i can't make time for yeah. more uh but i was really bummed going into last week because i had this I, you know i like being on skates for practice so i can demo and i can participate and all that uh, i threw my back out about two weeks ago um, because I tried to jump back into mountain biking without at all prepping or warming up or down for it. And then I jumped back into contact derby after two months off. And, and then your iliosoas said, oh, no, no. <laughs> Can you tell alligator is a trained massage therapist? Mm. Um, so I've been kind of fucked. And so I had to lead off skates and I was a little bummed. But I was like, all right, you know what? I've been learning so much about proper um, stretching and PT. And I really want to start incorporating that more into how we do training um i want to you know if i had my way as gm i'd force everybody here's the here's the template practice plan you can do whatever you want in this chunk but the first 10 minutes is always going to be off skates warm up and the last 10 minutes is always going to be you know these really strength and stretching conditioned uh uh, concerted targeted kinds of long-term stretches for Mm -hmm. for these things that we hurt in derby um and you know, some people are like horrified, like, you don't do that normally? And it's like, well, no. People are like, well, you take care of your own stretching before, and you take or, care yeah. of your own stretching afterwards. And guess what? Most people are hopping in and out of cars or it's buses or whatever, and like we don't have time, or we feel tired, and we don't feel encouraged, or we don't know what stretches. And it's like, you should just build that shit into mm-hmm. your practice. And we we kind of hit and miss with that. It's here yeah. and there. And so I was like, look, we're going to do this practice. I always do off skate uh, off skates warm up before practice. Shout out to Booty Quake. Yeah. Uh, I always use the sort of like the the real standard good warm up. It's like mm-hmm. a 10 15 minute warm up. Highly recommend it. Um, you can find it for free on YouTube. Thanks, yeah. Booty Quake. Uh, always do that. And then I have some of these these new stretches I've been learning to like stretch your psoas, which mm. is this very specific thing. It's spelled P S O A S. If you want to look it up, um, and like your hamstrings and your hips, and like do it well with mm-hmm. good form even if you're wearing skates like there's all these little tricks you can do so yeah. i was really happy to do that and then to lead a really good hard practice and i feel like over time i've been getting a better sense of how to establish here's how this is going to run no one gets to talk when i'm talking i'm not saying this to be shitty this is just the 
expectation. We're going to work really hard. Then we're going to talk about it with each other. Mm -hmm. We're going to give compliments. We're going to teach people how to give feedback. Mm -hmm. And I incorporate that into the drills now, too. Like, there's always someone who's like, your your job is to watch while everybody does this thing. And then you have to give at least one piece of constructive feedback to them Mm -hmm. afterwards. You know, that kind of thing. Any little thing you can do to incorporate all this other stuff. Yeah. So uh, it's something I've been working on for a long time, and I'm starting to feel like half competent as a really good holistic practice leader now. And I'm hoping to work with the many other people in our league who have really amazing practice leader experience and uh, knowledge to put together like a practice leader training program mm-hmm. to bring in more and empower more people to lead practices yeah. uh, and just give them a, a set of like best practices and decent templates so that there's consistency in some of these meat and potato things that should yeah. get done all the time, regardless of what else you're doing. So um, not to pat myself on the back too much, but it, I mean, I've had a lot of help. I've learned yeah. from a lot of people over time about how to do this well mm-hmm. and how to how to have confidence in myself to do it. Um, and I owe many, many people many thanks for that. And then just like, you know, all of our amazing draft pool skaters and all of the regular MRD skaters who were there who helped make it happen too. Like it was yeah. just such a good practice. Even though I was sad to be off skates, by the end of it, I was not sad. Like yeah. I was just really happy to be there uh, participating and seeing this progress and people feeling really good about it. Yeah. And, Got a lot of good feedback. So yeah, it was a good was, practice. Was great. Thanks. I was actually there off skates as well. You um, were. I saw you. I got to uh, penalty box time, which, oh, shout out to all the NSOs. Oh, my gosh. It's hard. <laughs> um. Especially when, like, multiple people are in the boxes. I remember yeah. looking over and, and seeing at some point there were, like, four people yeah. in there and, like, this sort of cascading failure situation that happened and i'm just like like, i don't even think you had all you know like normally you'd have a bunch of stopwatches you just had like your phone (laughs) yeah and i was kind of like just just winging it oh god um but yeah i was like oh yeah high five mans yeah this is great that's yeah that's serious work we appreciate our innocence great good good for practices so yeah yeah i mean of many things that are making me happy or sad but that was that was a nice specific one yeah anything else Allie, that we want to add here at the end before we go, I mean, I'm going to just say it. Announcers wearing medals makes me happy. Oh. It makes me laugh. I won't get into it right now. But, uh, yeah, sometimes announcers wear medals before we give them away to people I mean, that, that win them. Uh, it's, it's a little <laughs> moment to enjoy ourselves. Some of us, you know, like, <laughs> look, let's be real. I get to go to champs and participate as an announcer, and I'm very proud, and that takes work, and I'm really happy to be in that situation. I know I'm never going to skate at champs. It's just not in my cards as a skater. I know I didn't athlete. Earn that. Like I'm not gonna. I didn't earn this, but we can have some fun while we're there. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna ask them if I can wear their thing. Oh, yeah. yeah, oh yeah. So, they're, so they're yeah, nice. announcers wearing uh, medals. That makes you happy. <laughs> Does. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to finish things up. Uh, thanks for listening to a lot of us in this yeah. particular episode of the show. We'll be back next time. We'll have another interstitial episode mm-hmm. that's going to be just highlighting an interview that we have done in the past because we do have some in the can that we haven't been able to fit into shows. Yeah, sorry So we're about just that. going to start releasing them as bonus yeah. content because why not? Yeah. We get to do what we want. Do what we want. Um, but thanks so much. Uh, hopefully... This was a productive conversation. Maybe you got some good information out of it. Maybe you hated it. No, Whatever. Let's, uh, let's hopefully. keep the conversation going, though. I mean, so. but, yeah. But don't hate roller skate, right? So, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we super enjoy it. And, as always, please look us up on the socials. And if you could, we really appreciate it if you take the time to leave a review and a rating, especially on iTunes and anywhere else that you find our podcast on various recording or uh, platforms for, for podcasts. The more you leave reviews and ratings, uh, the more we get boosted and shared with more people. 
and it just helps our visibility, which we appreciate. Um, if you've got a podcast, so we shouted out uh, um, on the track for Mick Swagger. Yep, and we mm-hmm. know that there are others out there, and we are not always good about remembering to share the love, um, but we will try to do better. So please do. If you're, I mean, look, you can kind of advertise on our show if it's derby related, and yeah. you're not making, and you're not making money from it. We will just shout you out for free, and we're happy to do it um, and exchange that. If you have money and you're derby related, and you want to like place an ad or a sponsorship or have us read and 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 boost something, we are happy to do that. I'm not even gonna like beat around the bush on that mm-hmm. like holler at us if you got something you want to promote and you're willing to slide us a little bit of cash for it because we're trying to save up to buy our own microphones uh-huh. so we don't have to schlep out to the studio right. although shout out WRRTFM for letting us do it here we super appreciate it um mm-hmm. yeah and maybe like i don't know pay for a, a like one tenth of our ticket when we travel to things and interview people would right. be great maybe some new headphones and, you know mm-hmm. small things uh but yeah hit us up ssderbypodcast at gmail.com is the email address and we are at ss roller derby on most social media platforms as always we appreciate your time and your ears and I have been Hammer Abby. I am Alligator. <laughs> Still currently? Yep. That's good. I'm, I'll see where I'm at uh, next week. And remember, don't, don't hate, hate roller skate. The opinions expressed in this podcast are solely those of the people speaking them and do not necessarily reflect the opinions or policies of Madison Roller Derby or the Women's Flat Track Derby Association. Special thanks go out to our teammates, friends, and lovers who support this nonsense. Follow us online at Facebook and Twitter at SS Roller Derby or email us at ssderbypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening.